All right, everybody. Welcome to BO Boys for Monday, August 8th. Fuck it. It's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Clayton, we got a big new release. Number one at the box office. Number one with a bullet, they might say. But let's see if ha. you say that. Yeah, well, you know, it had to be done. And now it is. So, Clayton, do you want to give us a plow for the weekend of Friday, August 5th? Let's do a top 10, my friend. Wow. Number one, a newbie, Bullet Train, made $30.1 million in its first weekend. Number two, DC League of Super Pets made $11.2 million, down 51%. It added 18 theaters. It's at $45.1 million in its second frame. Number three, Nope, made $8.5 million, down 54%. Lost 791 theaters. It's at $97.9 million in its third weekend. Number four, Thor Love and Thunder made $7.6 million, down 42%. It lost 250 theaters. It's at $316 million in its fifth weekend. Number five, Minions The Rise of Gru made $7.1 million, down 35%. It lost 391 theaters. It's at $334.5 million in its sixth weekend. Number six, Top Gun Maverick made $7 million, breathing down the neck of minions. Down only 16%. It dropped 248 theaters. It's now at $662.5 million in its 11th weekend. Number seven, where the Crawdads Sing made $5.6 million, down 25% only. It lost 362 theaters. It's at $64.6 million in its fourth weekend. Number eight, it was what we thought it was. Easter Sunday, $5.2 million in its first weekend. Number nine, Elvis made $4 million, down 30%, lost 490 theaters. It's at $136.5 million in its seventh weekend. And rounding out your top 10, The Black Phone made $1.4 million, down 42%. It lost 441 theaters. It's at $85.8 million, also in its seventh weekend. That's your top 10. Wow, so Jurassic World Dominion f- has fallen out of the top 10. So that's that's pretty much finishing its run. Uh, and then another one to, to just point out, opened in the top 10 last week, and Vengeance, the B.J. Novak movie, quickly fallen out of the top 10. It's it's made $700,000 this weekend. That one's DOA. That, that one dropped 60%. It is not going to be a... A24-esque, everything, everywhere, all at once-esque indie darling. No. Now, now we just got to gotta top, talk Top Gun really quickly because yes. looking at these numbers and how close this movie was in its 11th weekend to Minions in its 6th weekend and Thor Love and Thunder in its 5th weekend. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see in the next few weeks Maverick overtaking both Minions and Thor and probably Nope. Uh, probably Nope and probably DC League of Super Pets. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Top Gun, and Maverick, at some point, Boiler Train, and at some point, Boiler Train. Yeah, I mean, Top Gun Maverick made seven million this weekend. So Thor and Minions both made seven point one, seven point six. So I think, you know, not to make this a prediction episode, but I think next weekend Maverick probably steps over both of those movies. Yes. And Nope made eight point five million this weekend. Like we said, Maverick made exactly seven million. So that's probably two weeks away from Maverick having a weekend where it overtakes Nope. You know? Wow. And DC wow, League of Super wow. Pets at eleven point two million. I mean, that's a movie that's just gonna drop pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not so much because it it really has become the you know, that minions are the only thing for kids. But I, I agree. In the next like four weeks, Maverick is gonna jump over pretty much all the movies that are currently ahead of it. You know, except maybe Bullet Train would take a while because like Bullet Train just made thirty million dollars and is in four thousand three hundred theaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, I, but uh, it's true. I think the three movies directly in front of Maverick, Maverick's gonna hop over those in the next two to. Two weeks, for sure. The next one to two so, weeks. It's I mean, so Maverick then, is just say it again. It is the box office story, not just of the year, but uh, one of the biggest box office stories of our lifetime. And it's number seven in all time domestic now, officially. Yeah, overtaking Jurassic World and Titanic, nipping at the heels of Avengers: Infinity War. Hmm. Which is at seven hundred and sixty-eight point eight, and then Black Panther at seven hundred six hundred and seventy-eight million. What did I say? You said seven hundred sixty-eight, but yeah, Infinity Wars at six seventy-eight, and Mavericks at six sixty-two. It's yeah, so so now people are saying seven hundred is almost inevitable. Yeah, another thirty-eight million to go. I mean, it made seven million just this past weekend, and like we said, we know it's coming sometime in the next month. Maverick's gonna get a ton of IMAX and uh, premium screens back, as basically we get to a point where nothing giant opens until October. So Maverick's gonna have a crazy re-release, uh, I would say, in the next month or mm-hmm. six weeks. So, like, I do think you're going to have a weekend in the next six weeks where Maverick goes back up to having a double-digit weekend. Yeah. You know, where they put Maverick back in all those IMAX screens and it makes 12 to $15 million in a weekend. Like, that'll that happen be in early to, September. Will that be enough to make it number one? I think possibly. Make it number one for the weekend? Yeah, I mean, listen, we predicted this probably like a month ago, that Maverick at some point, Maverick at some point is going to get back up to number one in a box office weekend. That's going to mm-hmm. happen. I think that's, yeah, I, I, yeah, definitely. Slam doink. I think that's almost a slam doink at this yeah. point. Looking at, looking ahead, which we did before we got on mic. Yeah, yeah. I think somewhere in early to mid-September, Maverick will get to number one. It'll have a big quote-unquote re-release where it goes into more theaters and gets back all of the premium screens. Well, talk about predictions that came true. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. I mean, I I nailed it. If you listen yeah, back Pat, to you, our, yeah, 
Bullseye. Bullseye. Bullseye with, I mean, you talk about a bullet. I I shot a perfect bullet on our weekend preview episode. And if you haven't listened to it, it's one of our, I would say, most lauded episodes the B.O. Boys have ever done. We did a weekend preview episode for this past weekend. We also went in depth talking about the Warner Brothers Discovery Batgirl situation. That whole kerfluffle broke it down. Just everyone saying what a great job we did, and I totally agree. But mm-hmm. within that episode, we did our previews, and I predicted Bullet Train would open with exactly $30 million, right? In that sort of middle end of the tracking, a little on the low middle end. I said 30, and it's 30.1. I nailed it. Absolutely, yeah. Not great. Not not. Horrible. I'm definitely not horrible. I mean, I would say pretty good opening for Bullet Train. Uh, I mean, for the cost of this movie, I, I mean, this is not what you want to. It, it's it's not a disaster, but it's not. It's definitely not best case scenario, especially when you look at something like here's a comp that we didn't mention last mm-hmm. episode, but Anthony D'Alessandro mentioned. Kingsman, The Secret Service, mm-hmm. which in 2014 opened to 36.2. And that was a movie that didn't really have, it didn't have a star at the level of Brad Pitt. It didn't. It, but, I mean, but, it's, it was a, it was a better time for people going to the movies for the hell of a movie. You know, even 2014 yeah. is still before the point when people, for the most part, only went to see superhero movies in a big way, you know, which were a little mm-hmm. bit, obviously there's been big hits that aren't superhero movies, but I think even 10 years ago, eight years ago was a better time for this type of movie at the box office, but it made 30 million. You know, it's like, you can't expect much more out of, even though it, it's got a star, it's got Brad Pitt, but it's still, it's an action movie that's not based on, super known popular IP. I mean, it's based off a book or whatever, but back in the day, an action movie opening at 30 million and probably being on track to make over a hundred million is a, what you'd expect or what you would want out of this movie. You know, I don't think you could have hoped bullet train needs to open to 40 to 50 million for it to be successful. Yeah. Well, what I've seen is people comparing this opening mm-hmm. to the openings of other early August blockbusters, mm-hmm. such as Guardians of the Galaxy and Suicide Squad. I mean, those and are so I, off base, though. I, I find that, well, here's the thing, is that we all know, historically, August had been a dumping ground until mm-hmm. Guardians mm-hmm. blew it wide open. Mm-hmm. And then... You had Suicide Squad do similar type big numbers. And now a weekend that was supposed to be sleepy mm-hmm. has two big hits and now becomes a, oh, you have to have a big movie and it has to be huge. Right, right, right. And I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair either. I, I don't think it's fair to compare Bullet Train to big Marvel and DC superhero movies. 
you know, and even though Guardians are not like a property Marvel, it's still a Marvel movie that had all that promotion and all that connectivity behind it. So those are bad comps. I mean, I feel like, you know, Bullet Train is akin to, you know, a Born Identity movie opening up, you know, and I'm looking at the Born Identity, the original one in 2002 that opened in June, but that movie opened at $27 million. You know, it's like a big action movie with a star. If it hits around $30 million, that should be considered successful. Yeah, I mean, I think that this this uh, this movie definitely hit over 35. Men over 35 was the demo. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Pardon me. And um, that just shows you that Brad Pitt is kind of skewing uh, older. Mm-hmm. And th- those people came out. And the younger people, 18 to 34 is 58%. That's good, but there could have been more of them. Yes. It, I mean, it, it didn't... Yeah, this movie never felt in the last week or two like it was going to be a sensation. You know, based on the the reviews, the sort of like buzziness around it, it was clear this wasn't going to break out as some kind of big pop culture moment. You know, it was going to live and die with how much do people want to see a Brad Pitt action movie? Because really, that's all they're promising you is a Brad Pitt action movie. And the fact that a Brad Pitt action movie got to 30, it's shows that Brad Pitt action movies still have a place, you know, but, but this, this movie wasn't good enough to connect on the level where it becomes some kind of big pop culture moment. And everyone's got to see this movie. It's not once upon a time in Hollywood, you know, and it's not, uh, Mr. And Mrs. Smith, you know, where there's like a big pop culture, uh, uh, sort of like buzz around this, you know, Brad Pitt and the bad bunny didn't have an affair off screen that got all the, you know, the, the, the newspapers and the gossip mags, uh, going. Well, you know what they should have. Yeah. I mean, obviously I think that would have really inflated the box office here. Right. Right. Um, so I think it is just a solid, opening that shows there's still an audience to just see an action movie with a big star. Well, when we look at the post track, Mm -hmm. 35% said they came to bullet train because of Pitt. Mm -hmm. 35% said the genre or type of movie. 33% said cast as a whole only eight came because it was a Leitch film. I believe that's his last name. Yeah, it's almost, it's stunning that there's even 8% of people who came because it was from the director of Deadpool 2. Yes, but, uh, so this was a pit-driven movie all the way, and it begs the, the question, you know, is Pitt a butts-in-the-seats movie star? And and he's really not like I mean I know we're we've oh. we've had this conversation before, 
But I, World War Z, War Z, yes, that was a hit. Huge hit. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, like you said. But I mean, he's the thing is, his track record is not spectacular. Well, I just don't see how you could say he's not when there's so many movies that only would have been hits because it's him in the starring role in a genre movie that, you know, people want to see him in. And this movie just made $30 million. Is Sandra Bullock a butts in the seats movie star? Oh, absolutely. But her, her box office is much more than his when we're talking but, about leads. But we just had a Sandra Bullock movie where it's Sandra Bullock in her genre. You know, the way Brad Pitt is doing his genre, which is a light action movie. And we just had Sandra Bullock in her genre, which is a light romantic comedy, The Lost City. What did The Lost City open to its opening weekend? In the 30s. It opened to 30.4 million. So we basically have a one-for-one comp here of Sandra Bullock a few months ago opened up a movie where she's the lead in her genre of choice, and it opened up to 30. Brad Pitt... This weekend was the lead in a movie where it's a Brad Pitt action movie and it opened to 30 million. I mean, but I th- what's the budget? What's the well, budget? But but it's but if we're saying butts in the seat movie star, we're just worrying about those butts and, and the seats that they're getting into. You know, there, it's a but, different but, but exactly butts, but, but butts in the seats, they put the same amount of butts in those seats, 30 million worth of butts. Like, like, I don't but think we should be ticky-tacking the budget right now because Bullet Train also was not a $200 million movie. You know, it's a movie that is... It was 85.9. It was 86 million. But The Lost City wasn't like a $20 million movie. I mean, if we're going to... I don't think the budgets, when they're that close, should be part of the argument as to whether one is a movie star and the other is not. They both put $30 million worth of butts in the seats opening weekend. So right now, Sandra Bullock and Brad Pitt are still the same level of movie star. I don't think you can uh, make an... No, you can't say that. You can argue with me that Brad Pitt is a butts-in-the-seat movie star, but Sandra Bullock is more of a butts-in-the-seats movie star, and she's been more thoroughly consistent in her career than Brad Pitt has. But... They both did the same thing within three or four months of each other. So right now, I don't see the argument where the Lost City is some kind of grand declaration of Sandra Bullock is still a movie star and all is right with the world and Lost City opened great and all that. And then say Bullet Train is some kind of big disappointment for opening at the same number. And it's just Lost City is an old fashioned romantic comedy action movie and bullet train is an old-fashioned star-driven action movie and they both did 30 million we don't need to relitigate brad pitt as a movie star we disagree when it comes to this but i see what you're saying with it because the lost city's budget was 74 million so that's not that far off from exactly these are the same movie it's a big star in the genre that everyone knows them for and they both opened up to almost to the penny the exact same opening weekend 
Mm-hmm. So you just can't say one is a successful opening weekend and the other is not. Now, I do think the test is going to be how well does it hold against no competition? Right. Totally. I mean, you look at Lost City. Lost City opened at 30. It closed at 105. So Lost City did exactly three and a half times its opening weekend. Which I think that's what Bullet Train has to do or better to be considered a really big success. Which it's got a better runway than Lost City because Lost City faced pretty quick competition right afterwards, right? Lost City opened the end of March. And I think you basically had Sonic 2 opened up right after that. You had, I mean, Morbius opened up right after that. You had then like Doctor Strange and then you had all the summer movies. So Bullet Train kind of has a clearer path for itself than Lost City did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it has it has zero competition other other than Maverick. Right, right. I guess like Bullet Train's competition is more the fact that there's bigger movies still in the top ten. You know, whereas Lost City came out in March after kind of a a fallow period in you know fe- January, February, and March. Mm-hmm. So Lost City came into a much quieter box office where. Bullet Train does at least have to contend with people still want to go see Maverick and Nope and, you know, Minions and, and whatever's still out there. So is there anything more about Bullet Train? I mean, I guess the, the thing with it, like I said, is that the big story is going to be next weekend and the weekend after that. Right here, it did enough. I mean, that 30 number is way better than 29, 28, yep. right? Just totally. the fact that it's 3-0. It's there's totally a three in front mental. of it. Yep. Is is great and positive. I mean, we felt that same way about the Lost City, as as you know, you were referencing earlier. So, I haven't seen this movie. It's not the. I think it's Cinema Scores B plus. Cinema Scores so B plus, which is the same as what Kingsman, the first Kingsman got. So, you know, the first Kingsman opened up at thirty six million. Right. And uh, let's see what it would it end up legging out to. I feel like it legged out to, yeah, it ended up legging out to 128. So that first Kingsman movie did what? Almost not four times. It did about three and a half times its opening weekend. So, you know, Bullet Train, if it does the, the same as what Kingsman Secret Service did, if it does what Lost City just did three and a half times its opening weekend, it'll get to 105, which I think a Brad Pitt action movie that's not based on super popular IP, if it gets to 105 million, you got to say that's a success. Mm -hmm. And it'll probably do, I know we only, you know, we focus on domestic, but it's Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt is a butts in the seats movie star overseas. You know, so I would think this is the type of movie that'll do pretty well overseas, too. Yeah. You know, that that's now, part of why you get Brad Pitt, because you look at something like Troy, you know, when you look at some of his bigger movies, and they all do 
Bafa Bobo overseas because the dude is very famous all around the world. He does those, you know, he does his weird commercials all over the world and people know him. I mean, yeah, Troy did, I mean, this is an old movie, 2004, but Troy did 133 million domestic, which pretty good. And it did another 350 international, you know? So I feel like Bullet Train is just going to be a movie that just makes money all over the place. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Now, let's talk about DC League of Super Pets quickly. Mm-hmm. 11.2, down 51%. $45 million right now. Not too bad. Uh, I think the big thing that frustrates me last week, we talked about how The Rock dropped the ball mm-hmm. on promoting this film. And he did something recently that also, I think, is shitty. Okay. He shared the stinger, the exclusive Black Adam stinger that was at the end of this movie, something that was supposed to bring people into the theater to see this movie. Wow. He went ahead and shared it. And that, to me, shows he doesn't give a rat's behind about this film. Wow. Yeah, I did I didn't notice that. I I did my deep dive on the Rock's Instagram last weekend, you know, or last week when we talked about it and then I've, I've kind of tuned him out. Um I did mm-hmm. not know he did this. That is stunning. I mean, do was it a official uh uh did did was was it uh Footage that he filmed on his phone while sitting in the in the in the theater. You know, did he basically bootleg did he bootleg it? it yeah, did he bootleg asking. the stinger, or did he get the actual file and share it onto his Instagram that way? Because if he bootlegged it, then that means The Rock has done this without the permission of Warner Brothers, Discovery, DC, and he just took it upon himself to sell out DC League of Super Pets. I mean, I, I feel like he. I feel like I'm. I'm, I'm watching the Instagram post. Right. Do you right see people's now. heads sitting in front of him? Do you see like someone get up in the middle of the stinger? Like someone in the audience gets up and walks in front of the screen, or you see the the entire clip clearly without I, any audience members' heads in front of the camera. It's cropped weirdly, so it makes me think that possibly he cropped the audience out. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, that's something you could do now on your phone more easily than you could have back when you were boot. You know, people were bootlegging uh, movies on camcorders in the eighties and nineties. You really couldn't edit out the audience members' heads. That was always a telltale sign that you were watching a bootlegged movie was audience members getting up in the middle of the movie. Yeah, so yeah, so he just full on posted this on Saturday on his wow. social wow. making people who would have seen this film for the teaser not have to see the film. Wow. Uh, 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 and in in a week after its release. This is something that you do when the thing comes to home video. Right, right. When it's winding down. This is not down. the thing you do with 
you're when you're still trying to have this film have a good hold. Right, right. It, let me ask you, in that teaser for Black Adam, is it an animated version of Black Adam or is it a live action clip from the upcoming Black Adam movie? No, he plays Black Adam's dog in it. He plays Black Adam's dog. Okay, so, I mean, it's clear. Anus, I think, is the, the name. Oh, as like a play on a dog's anus? I'm not sure. So, it's clear that The Rock, and I would think, I mean, you know, we just went back and forth on whether it's a bootleg that The Rock took. I would assume this is with the consent of Warner Brothers, Discovery, DC. I I don't think The Rock would be bootlegging these stingers and putting them up illegally on his Instagram. So it's Mm -hmm. pretty clear that The Rock and everyone at Warner Brothers has kind of already turned the page on this DC League of Super Pets, and they are focusing on the Black Adam movie coming out in October. Well, there's been so much. I mean, obviously, listen to our previous episode, the preview episode Mm -hmm. for this weekend for the HBO Max conversation we had. There's so much turmoil right now with Warner Brothers, Mm -hmm. Discovery, but also DC in general, Mm -hmm. that DC League of Super Pets feels like a franchise that is now stillborn. Yes, yes. It, It almost got, it was almost one of those movies that, came out because it was too late to not put it out but Mm -hmm. but if this movie basically if david zasloff had finished his uh his you know review of the company a few months earlier he may have decided to to throw dc league of super pets into the jerry lewis holocaust clown movie vault with batgirl and with scoob you know basically that his 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 investigation of the company came too late to even vault DC League of Super Pets, so it came out. But it's pretty clear everyone involved does not care about this movie anymore. Well, there was a hole in the schedule that needed to be filled. Right, right. And DC League of Super Pets was the plug. Right. It was basically the Dutch boy's finger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That filled the dike. Yeah. Is that yeah. how that worked? I think so. It was so. a Dutch boy? Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. that's what DC League of Super Pets is. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's just a finger in a hole. It's a finger in a hole, but sometimes that's just what you need, you know, and, and it serves a purpose. Yeah. And we came down hard on The Rock last week for not promoting this movie hard enough, not using his Instagram to its fullest. He's promoting the XFL. He's promoting his vodka brands and his energy drinks and all that. But it's clear that this is a directive that comes from higher up than The Rock. You know, Mm -hmm. basically Warner, DC, they were like, Black Adam is the play. Promote Black Adam, promote the XFL, promote everything else. We we don't care that much about these super pets. The yeah. super pets are lucky they didn't wind up in the Day the Clown Cried vault. They should yeah. they should just be thankful for that. So yeah, this is and interesting. And fifty one percent, not a terrible hold. I mean, honestly, 
for a second weekend of a movie that was number one. That's actually a pretty good hold. And apparently it's doing, uh, it's at the same level bad, the bad guys was mm-hmm. in two weeks, even though it opened lower than it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it all comes back to the rats need their cheese and whether The Rock is promoting it or not, whether DC is tossing it aside or not, it's a kid's movie. And to, to some degree, kids are always going to go to a kid's movie if there's nothing else to see. Mm-hmm. So, I, let's talk about Easter Sunday. Sure. I mean, this shouldn't take long. It quickly, absolutely. Down at number eight, Easter Sunday, 5.2. Uh, zero buzz on this film. I feel like this is a... Pretty much, it's not a disaster. 5.2 was actually more than uh, it, I, we thought it was going to make. We thought it was going to cry macho. Well, you, you, I actually went over on this one. I think I said around seven. You added a crying macho. You thought it would open under four. So it kind of mm-hmm. did just come right in between our expectations. Yeah, so crying macho, of course, is, is something that opens at four, four. 4 million, 4.4, which was what Cry Macho opened at. Mm -hmm. And this was just over that, but it just didn't get the kind of traction that you need for a movie like this to really break out or really Mm -hmm. over-index a certain demo. I think uh, Wannabe Oh Boy Austin nailed it, that this needed a producer's name on it. Yes. Yes. It needed that Apatow name. It needed that Seth Rogen name. He threw out Gene it, Stupinski, the guy who, I think, yeah. show ran The Office at some point, <coughs> and, and did year one. Um, yeah, it, it, it has no, something. like, big pedigree. You know, I think a couple of months ago, we were thinking, Joe Coy, is he going to be this breakout? You know, he's obviously a big name in the stand-up live circuit, stand-up comedy live circuit, but he doesn't seem like he's going to break out as, you know, our new Tiffany Haddish, Melissa McCarthy, Seth Rogen type movie star. That's obviously Mm -hmm. not happening here. No. So yeah, Easter Sunday, not much to celebrate here. Well, let's talk about a success story. Let's do it. Number seven, where the crawdads sing. Mm -hmm. This thing is killing it on the weekdays. It is now at $64.6 million for this small movie, mm-hmm. low budget, based on a hit novel that most people own, have never read, mm-hmm. starring nobody of any significance, although now Daisy Edgar Jones could be of significance because of this hit. Oh, this is this is so huge for her. I mean, though, like we talked about, her next batch of projects are streaming it's it's which is a waste yeah it's it's such a shame that she isn't immediately following this successful movie the fact that where the crawdads sing is going to end up in the 70s maybe the 80s maybe hit 90 million at the box office that Mm -hmm. she doesn't follow this up immediately with her starring as the you know lawyer in a John Grisham novel adaptation. Because in 1995, yeah. if she had a Where the Crawdads Sing type hit, 
and then followed it up with her and Matthew McConaughey in a romantic comedy or John Grisham adaptation, we'd be in the middle of Daisy Edgar Jones being minted as a movie star. Mm -hmm. And, and that's not unfortunately what is going to happen here because just checking again, her next movie coming up, she, she doesn't have anything coming up. I mean, that's crazy that she doesn't seem to have anything coming up, but it's probably going to be a streamer. She'll be in a TV show next. Ugh, what a waste. What a waste of yeah. a career. Yeah. I mean, listen, we, let, let's not get too pessimistic. Maybe she does sign on soon for a big theatrical movie um, because where the crawdads think this is such an old-fashioned star-making hit. Mm-hmm. And a lot of companies are understanding that movies belong in theaters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we're talking number nine, Elvis, which made $4 million at 136.5 in its seventh weekend. And just recently, Warner Brothers announced that there's not a guaranteed 45-day window now for their movies to go to HBO Max. Great. It is going to be a case-by-case basis, which I mean, it always should have been. Elvis is is should be racking up money at the box office for as long as it can. Elvis? And if a movie stalls, then 45. Yep. If you got something like Elvis... Then you say, not 45. Yep. You can make that announcement as close to the drop date as you want. We've seen that. We've seen Disney Plus do that. We've seen all these streamers say, oh, we're going to upload the file on this day. Exactly. It's uploading a file. Exactly. That's the thing is you don't need to plan this out. You own the streaming service. You could just mm-hmm. say, guess what? Tomorrow morning... Elvis is going to be on HBO. Yeah. That's that's as much notice as you need to give anybody. When you finally get to that point where Elvis is made, oh, it made 800,000 at the box office last weekend. It's, it's pretty much tapped out. Then you just say Thursday night, Elvis is on HBO. Check it out. Yeah. You don't need to announce it way in advance. Uh, I remember Steven Soderbergh, mm-hmm. a, a man who's retired more than Kiss, mm-hmm. than the band Kiss, mm-hmm. he said when his movie Unsane came out, mm-hmm. that he wished that there was a way that once he got numbers for the first weekend, that there was a dump button, a button that he could push that was like this movie is now pvod Mm -hmm. this movie is now i I think this was even before streamers were the dominant were a dominant form Mm -hmm. but it would be you see those numbers you see it's not going to have legs it had its little theatrical debut then you dump it right in right or if you see this thing catching fire you let it ride yep but you always have that button that you can push mm-hmm. that shoves it off to whatever other downstream thing you want to do. Obviously, mm-hmm. making Blu-rays, DVDs, that takes time. Right. But 
that's further down the stream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a different process than uploading a file. Right. But I think he was for, very forward thinking in that case. And I think that's what this whole thing should be. Yes. Should most movies have 45-day windows? Yes. Yeah, that feels right. But Maverick shouldn't. Elvis shouldn't. Right. Right. Everything, everywhere, all at once shouldn't. Right. Right. Bullet Train shouldn't. Right. Because it's got all of August and most of September to itself. Exactly. Exactly. But Lightyear also shouldn't because Lightyear was a disaster. Lightyear was a bomb from day one. And Lightyear didn't need 45 days exclusive in the theaters before it went to Disney+. Plus. Lightyear no. is is that, that dump button that Soderbergh talked about where two weeks in, dump it to Disney+. Plus. Yep. Don't we know wait that, the 45 We know that days. this failed. Yep. Save, save, save all of the talk about whether or not it's going to reach the good dinosaur, which it didn't, because it's now at one eighteen. Mm-hmm. It made eighty seven thousand dollars this right. weekend in its right. eighth weekend. Right. Compare that to a movie like Maverick in its eleventh weekend, which is number six and made seven million dollars. Right. I mean, yeah, that's a colossal failure, and you press the dump button on that two weeks in. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's what these these studios have now is they have that dump button, they have their streamers, they have PVOD is uploading a file, like you said. So you hit the dump button at the point when it's time to take that dump. And with something like Elvis, it's not time to Elvis shouldn't take that dump yet. Elvis is still going strong at the box office. Is it one thirty six? It's a movie that's going to end up in the 140s. Maybe it hits 150. I mean, that's an incredible run for this movie. And, you know, we talked a lot about last week on the weekend preview episode and going into depth on the DC or on the Warner Brothers Discovery stuff and David Zasloff. And basically, what we feel the takeaway from that is David Zasloff looked at the way these movies are made for streaming and for theaters. And you see the difference. The movies that are made for streaming are just a lower quality type of movie because the budgets don't show up on screen. The budgets are there to pay everyone up front because there isn't box office. We went into all this. But a movie like Elvis, could you imagine the difference in quality on a movie like Elvis if Elvis had been made as a Netflix or HBO Max or pick your streamer as a original four streamer movie, the same premise, you're going to have Elvis movie, you're going to have Tom Hanks, you're going to have Baz Luhrmann, how much worse for the exact same budget would that movie have looked and how much worse would it have been if it was made for Netflix as opposed to made to be in movie theaters. And that is the difference in what theatrical release and what box office does is it makes these movies better. Well, speaking of which, let's mention quickly Mm -hmm. a movie that a lot of people have mentioned 
should have been in theaters. Okay. Prey. Mm-hmm. The latest Predator prequel, I guess you call it, right? Because it's it's supposedly the Predator's first hunt on Earth. Yes. Is that correct? You it's, watched the film. I watched it. It's set, uh, you know, in frontier times, I guess, or pilgrim Native American times. It's basically the Predator uh, visits the, uh, you know, visits our land back when it's the, the, the Native Americans out there on the land and the Predator screws with a bunch of Native Americans and they screw back with him and a young Native American girl uh, fights the Predator. So that that's the premise. So yes, it's a prequel in the sense that it took place before the events of Schwarzenegger's Predator 1. And movie's gotten great reviews. I really enjoyed it. It is a Fox, it was made by Fox Searchlight and I think originally was developed with the idea of it was going to be in movie theaters and then Disney because it's this is what it does with pretty much all the Fox Searchlight features now is it put it directly to Hulu. It didn't get a theatrical release. And yeah, because you were saying Mendelssohn said you were listening to Mendelssohn yes earlier what was it uh on Sunday Saturday? Yes. I so so a lot of people have been saying Prey should have came out in movie theaters. Right now, this August schedule going forward is barren. Prey's a great movie. Prey would have done well at the box office. And on first glance, that makes a lot of sense. I will say, though, I listened to Scott Mendelson, the great Scott Mendelson of Forbes. He was on uh, David Chen's Twitter spaces earlier today. The two of them get together every Sunday on Twitter, have a great conversation. And Mendelssohn did bring up the point that basically the way the deals work right now that Disney inherited from Fox and from Fox Searchlight is that all of these Fox movies, if they go to theaters, then whenever they are sent to streaming, they have to go to HBO and HBO Max as their first stop for like a year or so in streaming. Whereas if Disney sends them straight to streaming, then it could put it on Hulu, which Disney owns. So that's part of the equation of why something like Prey went straight to Hulu is because if Disney had spent the money to market it to put in theaters, Prey goes into theaters. When they finally decide to put it on streaming, because of prior deals that Fox made, that movie would have had to go onto HBO instead of a Disney-owned streamer. So it's it's more complicated than just Prey is good. Why didn't they put Prey in movie theaters? There, there are yeah. other factors. That said, though, it really is a shame that this movie didn't go to movie theaters because it is pretty good. And there is just nothing out in these next four to five weeks or more. You know, it yeah. could have done pretty well. Now, speaking of doing pretty well, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Yes. That was at six locations in the greatest city in the world, New York City, mm -hmm. and another place called L.A. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It made 226.5. No, okay. 
It made 226K. Yes. Which is a $37,000 per theater average, basically. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. the second best limited screen average debut year to date Mm -hmm. after the $50,000 opening weekend of everything everywhere all at once. Mm -hmm. And did really well. In the theater we saw it at, Lincoln Square. Yeah. I mean, it looked like that theater was pretty close to sold out. I mean, everyone loved it. We all liked the movie, and you went into that movie totally expecting to not like it. And you liked it fine. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yes. You liked it fine? The trailer, the trailer, although people are lauding A24 for being able to sell their movies... And pointing to this as a success for them, I thought that trailer was terrible. Mm-hmm. It showed all the worst aspects of the films, but again, it's not aimed for me. It's aimed yes. for younger people. Yes, and and I am mentioning this movie as a tease for our Thursday episode because this movie is going to expand next weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To 1,200 theaters. Mm-hmm. And so the question that I will post to you on Thursday mm-hmm. is whether that is going to make that this movie in that number of theaters is going to make an impact on the top five. Interesting. Good tease. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, all I'll say now is that this six theater super limited you know sort of preview weekend that a24 did couldn't have gone any better because they will have gotten some really good press listen we're talking about it right now on the bo boys you know bullet train opening weekend and we're devoting time on this show to say that bodies 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 did really well in its limited opening weekend. So that is why you do something like this is to just get that good press from a bunch of sold out theaters in the cities that are predestined to want to see this movie. And it worked. Well, I I will say The Simps came out. Okay. The the but like The Simpsons? This... No, The Simps. Okay. Okay. Now, but will the normies come out for it. Okay. I mean, we'll talk about that on the preview episode. So a good preview of the preview. But I think all we'll, we could say about it right now is that it had a good super limited release. It got the press that A24 wanted. And we saw the movie. And we're not the super target audience for it. We're obviously not old, old. You know, but we're... We're not twenty. Movie going wise, we are. Yeah, movie going so wise, movie we going... are. And and yeah. the age of these characters, we are significantly older. They are all twenty two to twenty six. Um, they would look at us and say, "Ooh." They, yes, exactly, exactly. We we know as an audience sitting in that audience, we know that the characters would say, "Ooh." They would call the cops if we just tried to talk to them in public. Um, yeah, but. That said, we're not the target audience for this movie, and we liked it, and it seemed like the target audience, which we were sitting in the middle of, 
they loved it. Mm-hmm. They loved it. Yeah. So I do think this is a movie that is going to have a lot of good word of mouth, a lot of buzz, a lot of tastemakers talking about it coming out of this weekend. So more, more to come on Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. That's for sure. Nice. Well, Pat... I think we need to wrap this up because mm-hmm. I need to wade into some more fetid water, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. which I've been doing all day. Yeah, yeah. So uh, where can they email us to tell us how, how they think Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is going to do this coming weekend? Email us at Podcast at gmail.com. I mean, we talked about Austin's great email earlier. So be like Austin, send us an email about your thoughts on previous movies. Austin, one thing I'll, I'll, I'll say there that he took a big swing in the middle of the email he just sent us. He says, you know, he was lauding crawdads. What a great hold it's had. What a hit this is turning into. And he says, quote, this might sound crazy. And even I don't think it will. But man... I don't think 100 mil is totally out of the question at this point. It's playing remarkably well during the week, then holding like a champ on weekends. All it needs is a 5 to 10% drop next weekend, and there's a chance, end quote. So I love that. I love that Austin is coming out right now and saying something like, where the crawdads sing, actually has an outside shot of hitting 100 million. That thought is now in our heads, and it's in there because Austin emailed us. And so we love to see that. So send us your emails. And also thank you, Marcus, for emailing us the other day after he listened to our highly lauded weekend preview episode about the Warner Brothers news. He said, hey, Pat Clayton, I appreciate hearing your level-headed nuanced takes on WBGate. Thanks for reading some of my fiery screed on air. I appreciate it and blah, blah, blah. It was enlightening and very thoughtful episode, and I was glad to have you both break it down. Thanks, as always, Marcus. Marcus, thank you for appreciating us. Thank you for that. And everyone, you can, like we said, email us your thoughts, your predictions, and your appreciations of us to the Podcast at gmail.com. Pat, I don't think there's anything left to say. No. Except until next time. Will smell, smell you, you at the, the box, box office. office. Nailed it. Nailed it.